Hello and welcome to episode number 90 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about race and racing. And they are overlapping at this point due to the Bubba Wallace noose hoax. And we'll talk about what happened how it progressed and where we are right now. Basically, a noose was found in a NASCAR garage that was being used by Bubba Wallace, who is a black NASCAR driver. And of course, because this is a very important thing, racial insensitivities and all, at least 15 FBI agents were immediately sent to the scene in order to investigate. Now, I'm not sure this is the best possible use of federal time, but NASCAR, I guess, is the biggest racing going on in the United States, and they thought this was important. Now, the minute this started going under investigation, the NASCAR crowd gathered behind Bubba Wallace and did some massive amounts of virtue signaling including every driver in NASCAR and their crew pushing Bubba Wallace's car to the front of the field in order to get the race started there. Now, that is a nice gesture, I suppose, but it also seems like you're admitting that for some reason or another, Bubba Wallace just isn't another NASCAR driver. Where's the equality there? I don't know. But it was important to get this investigated. Because NASCAR has a lot of very expensive equipment. You can only assume that the garage areas at any massive racetrack are going to have a lot of cameras. There's going to be a lot of surveillance. And it turns out the investigation didn't need to take a whole long time. They found that already this noose was a little thing being used to pull the garage door down and it had been in this particular garage stall i mean there are many garage stalls in each racetrack you know 40 some odd and in this case they found that it was there since at least october of last year so definitely not something that was left for bubba wallace not something that appears to be race related at all It appears to be somebody making something functional out of a piece of rope. But I mean, we all know in the world we're living in today, that must be racist. We need to point to that. And it was good that we got this investigated. Again, not sure we needed over 15 FBI agents plus whoever else was involved in this investigation. But hey, they got to the bottom of it pretty quick. So that should be the end of it, right? No. I mean, if you've been following along at home, you know these things just never come to an end when the truth comes out. We have people that want to dig their heels in, including a former ESPN analyst, Jamel Hill, who said that it was, quote, a disgusting reminder of who this sport is for. So, I mean, there we're going to go. We're not going to make any generalizations, right? It's funny. When the people that want to call others racists then 
totally take a whole group of people like NASCAR fans and put them into one little box and basically call them all a bunch of racists. I mean, that's okay, sure, but you don't want to stereotype if you're going to point out things against the black community, then that's hateful. If it's against the NASCAR community, oh, it's fine because they're just a bunch of hillbilly racists who want to fly the Confederate flag. Bubba Wallace himself also not backing down, which is why for a while on Twitter, the hashtag Bubba Smollett was going on because this appears to be nothing but a misunderstanding. This appears to be absolutely nothing aimed at Bubba. And he then came around to saying it wasn't directed at him. But still, this was obviously a noose. And, you know, we know what that represents. It's a piece of rope. This again, trying to force what you think something represents into somebody else's mind is never going to work. Never going to work. You're not going to change the world that way. If anything, you make your point seem absolutely ludicrous. Reverend Al, though, he got in on this. I mean, if there's something ludicrous going on, Reverend Al is usually right there. And Reverend Al said, quote, the FBI identified it as a noose. NASCAR said it was a noose and went along with the FBI's characterization. It was a noose. So the question is, even if they did not know that Bubba Wallace was going to use that stall, why was a noose in the stall? Um, it was a piece of rope that was fashioned in such a way to be able to pull the garage door down. It's a pretty simple answer to that question. I mean, you may think that it looks like something that should be very clearly racist, but a lot of people are going to look at that and just see something functional. It's like the story in the Bay Area about all of the ropes in the tree that was being investigated as a racial hate crime until the black guy that put them there came out. Well, no, they were still investigating it, so I'm kind of misleading you there. The black guy that put them there and said, we've been using them for working out, for swinging, that the city still didn't want to let go of the investigation. They were still investigating it as a race hate crime, because obviously when you see rope, it's a hate crime. Can't be anything else. Rope is not used for anything else except hate crimes in the Bay Area and obviously with NASCAR now. So, uh, you know, Reverend Dell, he says. It's clear what a noose represents. I don't really think it is clear what a noose represents. It's a piece of rope that is used for a variety of things. And I guess maybe I'm just not racist enough because when I think of people hanging via a noose, I guess I watched too much, you know, Deadwood, too much uh, Westerns and that because. That's the way the criminals got hung. You know, that's the way they were killed back in the Old West, at least if you're to believe movies and books, that they're going to die by hanging. And that's what I think of. I don't immediately think of it in a racist sense. I don't think of it in a lynching of a black man sense. I mean, everybody has their own experiences, and that may change a little bit. But when somebody like Reverend Al is going to come out and say, it's clear what a noose represents, I say bullcrap. It is not clear what a noose represents. And he continues. And I think whether or not they knew sooner or later that the one black driver 
would use that stall really doesn't answer why it was in the stall at all. Again, Al, somebody fashioned it in such a way to use it to pull the garage door down. And that's why it's been there since at least October of last year. Seems like that's exactly how it's been used. And that should be the clear answer to defuse a situation like this. But it seems nobody ever wants to defuse situations like this when you can use a perfectly good hoax to try to push a political agenda. We've talked a lot about this new defund the police movement. Nancy Pelosi's still in on that. And she said yesterday, quote, that the GOP was trying to get away with murder, actually the murder of George Floyd. And we talk about Black Lives Matter. President Obama has chimed in on this one. And I think we need to again start looking back at Barack Obama, the people that surrounded him, what he did as eight years as president. There seems to be a lot of fingers pointing in his and Joe Biden's way as far as the illegal looking into Donald Trump when he was elected and before he was elected. But Barack Obama, in response to Black Lives Matter, which is also in response to the looting and rioting and pulling down statues. Let's go back to the audio of Michelle Obama after Barack Obama was elected, saying we're going to have to rewrite our history. Barack Obama sees what's going on in the United States. This violence, this looting, this strife, this untrust of the police. And he says, quote, and the good news, which makes me optimistic, is the fact that there is a great awakening going on around the country, particularly among younger people who are saying not only are they fed up with the shambolic great word there, Barack disorganized, mean-spirited approach to governance that we've seen over the last couple of years, but more than that, are eager to take on some of the core challenges that have been facing this country for centuries. I have to ask the simple question here. Just like Reverend Al was asking the simple question why the noose might have been in a garage stall at a racetrack, and there was a simple answer to that, to pull down the garage door. I have to ask Barack Obama, the black man that was president for eight years, talking about people now coming to the core challenges that have been facing this country for centuries. You were the president right before Donald Trump, Barack. Why didn't you take any of these challenges? Why didn't you make the changes you were looking for? I'd like to know. Because there should be an easy answer to that. And the only one I can come up with is you don't really care about black lives as much as you do about Marxism. Because that is what Black Lives Matter is all about. If not, they would be in Chicago when children are getting shot, when hundreds of people are getting shot every month, but they're not here. They are not here. In New York, Mayor de Blasio is commissioning a Black Lives Matter mural in front of Trump Tower. 
I mean, I get it. I mean, that is some excellent trolling, Mayor de Blasio, who also just happens to be a Marxist. They don't like Donald Trump for a very simple reason. It's because he believes in capitalism. He's not a member of their deep state. He's not going to go along with what they are pushing. And there are three co-founders to the organization that is Black Lives Matter. And as we've been saying all along, there is a big difference between the slogan Black Lives Matter and the group Black Lives Matter. We talked about that pretty extensively on the last Grumpy Old Ben's, a show I do with Ryan Bemrose, because it's a genius thing to do is to tie a radical group to a name that if you say you're against it, well, you're obviously a racist. But the three co-founders of Black Lives Matter, women named Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi, they're all Marxists. They're all admitted Marxists. This doesn't take investigative journalists to figure it out. It is right there on their website. They're very clearly saying what they want, including the defunding of the police. But their list of demands are all pretty simple Marxist things that want to change the entire system that is what the United States uses for governance. This is the direct quote from their website. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. So it takes a village. I mean, where did we hear that one, Hillary? But this explains so much of what's been going on over the past decade or so which is the attack on religion, the attack on the natural nuclear family unit, the attack on capitalism, and the push for all of these things that from the LGBTQ to who gets to use a bathroom and the transgender. And if you're against any of this, obviously you're a hateful, horrible person. This is the type of thing that is being pushed for a very specific reason, and it's time that people wake up to it. The police reform is an important thing. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, a black senator on the GOP side, had a bill out there, a police reform bill. He put it out there, and the Democrats said no. They voted him down. And we're going to play some audio of him responding to his Democratic cohorts because he believes, as I do, this wasn't because they didn't like what was in the bill. This was, again, being more concerned about presidential politics, about who's going to win the presidency in November, more than doing what is absolutely right. For the people of the country, and specifically in this case, for the people of the poorer communities in the United States. Michelle Obama wanted us to rewrite history. I'm sorry. I'm not going along with that. All of these protesters, looters who are out there pulling down statues, often 
of people who fought against slavery because they're too stupid to know what they're pulling down, or maybe they're not, because the whole thing is to destroy what came before. Because if we can do that, then maybe we can start something new, is the concept here. And we have a quote from George Orwell because I think it's pretty well summing up what's going on. Every book has been rewritten, every picture has been repainted, every statue and street and building has been renamed, every date has been altered, history has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. If that is the future that you want to live in, and I don't think we're too far away from it, continue to vote Democratic. Continue to vote for the Democrat Party. Continue to vote people in who are looking to destroy the basic system the United States was built upon. Now, here's the audio from Senator Tim Scott in response to his Democratic colleagues for blocking his bill. Opportunities, at least 20 I offered, to change it. And their answer to me was, you can't offer us 20 amendments. I said, why not? They said, well, because Mitch McConnell won't give you 20 amendments. I spoke to Mitch McConnell. He says, you can have 20 amendments. I told him that. We went to a press conference yesterday, and we said, an open process. They didn't want an open process. (laughs) Why would I ever think about joining the Republican Party? Because growing up, every African-American, every black person I knew of was wed to the Democrat Party. Because it's better to have a seat in the room than be outside. That was the heritage I grew up in. Let me fast forward to where we are today and I'll return to that. Today, we lost, I lost, a vote on a piece of legislation that would have led to systemic change in the relationship between the communities of color and the law enforcement community. Uh, we would have broken this concept in this nation that somehow, some way, you have to either be for law enforcement or for communities of color. That is a false binary choice. It's just not true. This legislation spoke to the important issues that have brought us here today. We wouldn't be here if it were not, as Senator Perdue alluded to, the death of yet another African-American man, George Floyd. His murder is why the country has given us the opportunity to lead, to lead. And my friends on the other side just said no. Not no to the legislation. They just said no. And why am I saying that they didn't just say no to the legislation? It's because along the way, I sat down with many of them and said, what do you need? And Senator Schumer sent a letter 
telling, I believe it was Senator McConnell, there were five things in the legislation that needed to be improved. I said, let's give them the five amendments. I sat down with more senators, and they said, well, 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 wait, wait, wait. There's not just five. There's 20. I said, how about 20 amendments? And they walked out. You see, this process is not broken because of the legislation. This is a broken process beyond that one piece of legislation. It's one of the reasons why communities of color, young Americans of all colors, are losing faith in the institutions of authority and power in this nation. Because we're playing small ball or playing for those in the insulated chambers, or playing for presidential politics. That small ball. Playing the big boys game is playing for the kids who can't represent themselves. And if you don't like what you see, change it. We offered them opportunities. At least 20 I offered. To change it. And their answer to me was, you can't offer us 20 amendments. I said, why not? They said, well, because Mitch McConnell won't give you 20 amendments. I spoke to Mitch McConnell. He says, you can have 20 amendments. I told him that. We went to a press conference yesterday and we said, an open process. They didn't want an open process. Let me just close with this. I don't know what it's going to take to wake up an entire nation about the importance of a duopoly and not a monopoly. Because look at your results. Look at the results you're getting. And by the way, when this bill is gone and next week we're on the DOD or something else, uh, we'll forget about this. We'll move on. People will forget about it. And you know what's going to happen? Something bad. And we'll be right back here talking about what should have been done, what could have been done, why we must act now. I'm telling you, I had this conversation five years ago. I'm having this conversation right now. We could do something right now. You know, here's the truth. In Detroit, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, all these cities could have banned chokeholds themselves. They could have increased the police reporting themselves. They could have more data information themselves. They could have de-escalation training themselves. They could have duty to intervene themselves. Minneapolis as well. All these communities have been run by Democrats for decades. Decades. What is the ROI for the poorest people in this nation? And I don't blame them. I blame an elite political class with billions of dollars to do whatever they want to do and look at the results for the poorest, most vulnerable people in our nation. I'm going to compete for their vote. Are you? A true mic drop moment there from Senator Tim Scott, and I think he makes a lot of really great points. And I think we're going to leave it there for today. 
something for you to think about. And I hope you like what you've been hearing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. If you do, do me a favor, go over to randomthoughts.com, R A N D U M B thoughts.com, click one of those subscribe buttons, Apple, Android. Get the latest episodes delivered to your email if you want so you never miss a single one. And if you really like what you're hearing, you can also click that little donate button to donate to the podcast. We do have an executive producer on today's show, and that would be, once again, Harry Hamster. So we appreciate your donation to the Random Thoughts podcast. And if other people want to get in on the value for value model, go to randomthoughts.com, click that donate button, use the QR code for Bitcoin or the snail mail address if you want to go that way. Trying to make it absolutely easy for you to help us keep the lights on and the microphones humming. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.